I found out that my daughter Lucy is a libertarian. Um, her social oh. security card came in the mail. Right. And as soon as we opened the social security um, administration envelope, she cried. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I interpret that. that and that's how I I'm going to choose that, to interpret that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Her, her automatically understanding. Yeah. Uh, the government. She saw the seal of the yeah. government and went. <laughs> <laughs> so Rose started teething this week. Ah, which Whoa. which means that she's always in a bad mood. She's been very fussy. Hmm. Well, I should say that it's like it's like it's like she's in a good mood, then it just suddenly switches, and it's like the the pain begins the throbbing gotcha. in her mouth, the the teeth mm, coming in. No. That she's in a bad mood, and so well, Bob. We don't really know um, any advice to give you. We'll have to uh, yeah. chew on that. Was <laughs> <laughs> it more than she can do? That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have uh, we we don't have children, but um, is Rain teething yet? Rain teethed at Rain one point. Was actually like what eleven years old or something. She's going to be 12 in September. Wow. And that's really wow. But, um, but no, so she was teething at one point and bit my hand and Jessica and me decided we would bite her back on her paw. <laughs> Not hard, but just enough to teach her that it hurts. Uh-huh. And so the first time I did it, she like pulled her paw back in like total fear and shock oh. and never bit again. <laughs> 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 like she will bite my hand if it's under a blanket, but if it's like a raw hand, she like soft mouths me. Cause she's like, dang, I, what uh, I love that joke from Family Guy where um, he says he's gonna they're gonna they're in prison and he says he's gonna stab Peter and then uh, he comes back and they've been released and he's like oh I'm gonna stab you all oh you're not here and then he takes the knife and he stabs himself in the stomach and he goes ow that really hurts is that what I've been doing to people <laughs> I've been doing man I belong here <laughs> I love that <laughs> I'm Zach I'm Colin and I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the, the House Plants Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I just man, that was said really... it at the same speed that I usually do and yeah. trusted yeah. that it'll match up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine's not going to match up with you guys. I'm sorry. That's okay. That, that was a mess on my part. <laughs> so we are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus, and much, much more. Very nice. So, um, yeah. So this will be fun. I think Zach is a little bit like laggy. I am yeah, just a yeah, little yeah, bit I, behind I, you guys, aren't I? Just slightly. It's I okay. Think. It's what okay. does Tim and Eric say? Just a little bit behind the eight ball, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. That's right. <sighs> Hopefully. Okay. Am I still here, guys? All right. so, yeah, yeah, you're, you're still here. here. Okay, you cool. are a valued member and irrelevant, and you are great. You are a loyal friend and, and true. Yes, and your remote <laughs> audio has not dropped off of this episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, let's let's just briefly sum up. We're we're doing another song speak um, yeah. this week, and uh, I I was very happy to be able to do one because we like the opportunity to talk about music, um, being that we're so musical. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I like it because Zach is kind of 
the proponent pusher of like the music episodes. And I weirdly am more like a theological person, like in terms of what ideas I have. So it's funny because I love doing music, but I never think of musical episodes. So I appreciate it, Zach, for coming up with another good idea. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's interesting. Um, okay, so um, before we get started uh, talking about our three songs that we mm-hmm. picked, let's do a little worship. Yeah, buddy. Your speed 
like a river, righteousness, mercy like mighty streams. Your spirit like a cascade God, thank you for um, another opportunity to come together uh, for the podcast um, and, and to glorify you. Uh, we pray that what we speak about tonight will be, again, glorifying, but also uh, uh, good uh, and for your use, for your community who's listening. And uh, we pray that that would be um, another thing this can be used for, but also that uh your word and your presence can be spread throughout uh, the world. Um, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 So, 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 so Colin, tell me real quick about this topic. Cause, cause the, on the surface, it sounds kind of strange. This idea of songs that are Christian, but not used for worship. What, 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 what do you mean by this? I'm going to go on a small rant now. <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm done, um, hopefully uh, you won't think me too much of an elitist jerk or anything, but, um, typically in modern churches, and I don't mean every type of, um, denomination, but specifically like, uh, you You're know, you're about the contemporary. Yeah. The contemporary, kind of like modern yeah. type churches where they do songs from the CCLI or, um, mm-hmm modern Christian radio, things like that. Now, what's interesting is a lot of the songs you'll hear on the radio are actually not worshipful in the same way that a worship song should be. Yeah. Um, we have done an episode on worship music. We've done episodes on our favorite worship songs mm-hmm. uh, and we've done all that kind of thing. Um, so tonight is going to be about songs that are of Christian <coughs> subject matter but not specifically worship yeah. songs. And if you've heard any of other episodes about that, you will you will understand the difference. But just for a quick refresher, I will turn to uh, Zach so yeah. I don't rant too long. Yeah, so there are a lot of artists out there that write songs that are kind of like either from a scriptural worldview or they're about uh, Christian-related topics, just life as a Christian um, but that doesn't necessarily make it a worship song. Uh, when we say worship song, we're talking about um, songs that are written specifically to be sung, like in a corporate setting, um, songs where mm-hmm. uh, the gathered congregation kind of joins in and we all sing the same thing. And so um, a lot of I times would say, we, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, when we evaluate songs. We are kind of evaluating them a lot of times on how well they do at that purpose specifically i would say also the lyric the way that the lyrics are presented plays a huge role in that Mm -hmm. too so Uh like for example um if you wrote a song from the viewpoint of like mary on the night of giving birth to jesus it would be a nice song Mm -hmm. but it may not be a good worship song in that yeah you're speaking from the point of view of a character from the scripture 
you're not specifically singing out to God unless yeah. unless the song itself is also doing that. Like, yeah. like um, for, you know, uh, here's an example of a worship song or a worship artist we've talked about is Robin Mark. Most of mm-hmm. his music will be from the standpoint of a believer singing out to God. Yeah. which is typically what you want, right? Am I thinking of that correctly, Zach? So, like, yeah. I don't think there's any other Robin Mark songs that are, like, concept album-y or anything. Right. Um, you, Zach, have had a few songs I think are really interesting because they are, some of them could be worship songs that are also from the viewpoint of, like, Paul. So yeah. it's it's interesting. But you know it when you hear it. When it's when it's worship, you know it. And But the, that's the mm-hmm. problem. The yeah, problem is sometimes... Like- People are just like, yeah. that's a catchy song. Let's do it. So check out, I'm going to read you some lyrics real fast and you can maybe guess what song it's from. And I'm going to have you guys okay. Okay, yes. if you think this is uh, intended for congregational singing together. Okay, okay, here we go. Okay. I saw a man with a tat on his big fat belly. It wiggled around like marmalade jelly. It took me a while to catch what it said because I had to match the rhythm of his belly <laughs> with my head. Jesus saves is what it raved in a typical tattoo green. He stood on a box in the middle of a city and he claimed he had a dream. So is this classic? uh, Are the, are these worship lyrics? This is by the Gaithers, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've had that tattoo on his bed. Oh man. Oh Oh, man. So So while that song is, yeah, for 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 those who are who are unfamiliar with those lyrics, the, um, that that is that is Jesus Freak by DC Talk it's Jesus from Freak. the DC Talk, yes, classic from, from the mid nineties. Uh, yeah, absolute nineteen ninety five. Yeah, I, I I knew I knew it was around ninety five, yeah. but I thought I wasn't sure it was ninety six, ninety five, ninety four. So so yeah. okay, but 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 solid. So 95 some of you there. may have so, had this on on a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. I, I had it, yeah. I believe, on both cassette and CD. Very nice. So yes, it, it was. It's and it's from DC Talks, the Jesus Freak album, an incredible album. Yeah. So what's what's interesting is, save for a few lines here or there, um, the opposite is true of Sun Seeds. Jesus is a friend of mine, <laughs> <laughs> but the style of the song <laughs> is very hard for congregations to to do. Easy to call. <laughs> yeah, but but like the words "Jesus is a friend of mine" could be sung by a believer together in a congregation. Oh, sure. sure. And then the lyrics, like "He taught me how to live." Yeah, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Right. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like the the first like the first verse is "He taught me how to live my life as it should be." He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I have had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one that will never leave you flat. Now it's stylistic for sure but i have heard much more stylistic or even slang terms in regular hymns and hymnal before than that mm-hmm. sure, so like sure. if if this was if this lyrically was restructured into like mm-hmm. a standard meter like six eight six eight i almost wonder if this could have been a, <laughs> like a hymn lyrically so that's <laughs> what i'm saying i think that you have to have both the music and the lyrics in in a certain format i think and I, I, I think yep. I think there's a lot of merit to that. That that, that makes a lot of sense on the surface. There, it's what makes it yeah. strong or weak as a worship song congregationally. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So what we're talking about today are songs that are written from a Christian perspective, I guess. And these mm-hmm. are songs that we like. 
um, that we want to talk about, uh, because I think that there's a purpose for this kind of music as well. Um, our friend Jonathan Powers calls it devotional music sometimes. Yeah, so it's it has its purpose. It's not necessarily for congregational worship, um, but it can still be worshipful. It can still uplift God, um, and it can still teach you something. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Sure. So, like, yeah, just just really quick, three examples of what we're talking about. Theology, of course, you know, if it if it didn't have at least some scriptural theology, it may not be. Good, but then um, what is it specifically touching on? And then language is in like how well or beautifully it is written and musically how well or beautifully it is put together musically. So those are like we did that before for other songs. So we're just going to do that for this. Cool. So my song is uh, Rise Up by Skillet. And this is from their 2019 Victorious album. Um, and so although it might seem on the surface that it's probably pretty straightforward that most worship co- congregations aren't going to be singing skillet on Sunday morning. Um, I don't know. A lot of people they might should be. Well, yeah, I, I, I think some of their I'm songs confused. really could actually be corporate worshipful. Um, I, I really do. This one I definitely don't think could be necessarily. Uh, and and kind of here's um, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. Cool. So, so let's talk about some of the lyrics with this. So, lyrically speaking, uh, or um, this song is all about uh, it's um, it's very as is common for most, but not all, but most skillet songs. It's very, um, very in your face. Very, uh, it's very much kind of speaks to more like a power ballad, um, eh, which is once again kind of common for a lot of skillet songs. But it definitely focuses heavily on this idea of 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 standing up and, um, and fighting for what's right. Um, some of the lyrics even talks about how, um, uh, slap in the face, you put me away. I'll stay in the game. I'll finish the race, giving my all my heart and my soul. You can't control. And then it says, love's going to be my battle cry. So hear me. And then it goes into the lyrics of rise up, rise up, just like a fighter, you know, we will rise again, rise up, rise up. Uh, we, we got the fire burning to the end. So this whole idea of just, uh, just fighting for what's right. And I guess that also bleeds a little bit into the theology as well. This is definitely a theology of fighting for what's right, using love as, as our main tool, as our focus, but still fighting for what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, once again, not necessarily something you're going to be, it, it's, it's definitely, although theologically sound, I, I, I do, I do feel like it's, 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 it's definitely, uh, most of the lyrics are definitely theologically sound. Um, you, this whole idea of running the race and fighting for what's right, uh, fighting for justice, which is definitely a topic within the yeah. Bible itself. Um, it's definitely, it's also not necessarily something so worshipful or giving it's, it, the emphasis is definitely not upwardly. If that makes sense, you're definitely not mm. focusing on God. You're focusing on the fight that's in front of you and pushing forward. It's definitely a song about encouragement, but definitely not, yeah. but not focused necessarily on God or the cross or the Holy Spirit or or how God is moving through us as much as it is. We have this calling. We've got to live it out. So, um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Raise a Hallelujah where they sing My Weapon is a Melody. And that song isn't really a good worship song either. So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, in, in I'm a lot of ways, yeah. I'm teasing, though. <laughs> we though. did determine that yeah. 
it isn't that great of a worship song because it doesn't really mention Jesus <laughs> yes. and raise a hallelujah. We, we determined, Honestly, we discovered song, this based on our own uh, logic. So I don't know if it's yeah. definitive, but yeah. <laughs> I think this one actually might be a little more substantial than raise a hallelujah as I'm looking no, at it. No, it is. That's, there, that was, there, there's at least, I definitely feel like this one has more focus than, mm-hmm. than that, but I, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into yeah. a bashing of raise a hallelujah. We, we, Can we've I just say, of bashing of that song. <laughs> Um, that John Cooper is really awesome. The lead singer and guy who wrote most of the songs for Skillet. Oh, for um, Skillet? Uh-huh. Yeah, so he has a podcast that I've been listening to a lot called Cooper Stuff. Um, and I kind of had started to get a little bit of like kind of his personality. And like I would definitely uh, – they say you're not supposed to anagram other people. <laughs> but I'd kind of like – I'd guess maybe he's like a one. Um <laughs> because he's very much like a reformer of things and and he's kind of seeking like, you know, the truth and like what's right in certain issues. And, um, I, I can kind of see that here in this, like the, the desire to like fight for the truth. Yes. Yes. I mean, and there's even talk about, you know, um, uh, this idea of no fear, um, uh, of, of, uh, no fear, no death tonight. I'm feeling mm-hmm. so alive. This this whole idea that you know that I, it, it doesn't matter what troubles come through us. It doesn't matter what I'm threatened with. You know, I'm going to fight for that. Yeah, yeah. As you point out, yeah. for what's right. There. Um, it's definitely so, a song that that kind of from from the lyrics. What I'm looking at, it seems like it's definitely a song that um, embodies the idea of like not compromising for yeah yeah for for um, I guess what the world kind of throws at you. Um, the idea that you're never going to bow to the, to the hate yeah, and you're going to rise up and, and yeah, I know it's nondescript, so it, this could apply to anything. Um, but yeah, no, in the context of being a Christian in the midst of people who don't like Christians, it's, it seems like a very appropriate yeah. way to explain that. Hey, yes. Bob, so, so it, it definitely is on the, on the, this idea of pushing for action. Yes, Zach. Do you have like a favorite line, favorite lyric in the song? Do I have a favorite lyric? Um, a favorite lyric would probably, um, hmm, pr- probably probably within within that first verse. Um, I guess it's technically I guess it's kind of a pre-chorus ish type to it, um, where it mentions um, slap in the face, you put me away. I'll stay in the game. I'll finish the race. Um, yeah, that 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 right there, so, I, I feel like really embodies the real point of this song, the, 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 those, the, that, that little, that little chunk of lyrics right there. Yeah. Um, and as, as well as I, I, and I also enjoy that mainly because of how it musically lines up. And what I mean by that is that, as I mentioned before, this is very a power ballad, but at the same time, it has a lot of this offbeat feel. And so, which is really neat. And then you mix this with this particular stanza, and this entire stanza is really done a kind of a, a triplet, 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 musically speaking. Um, mm-hmm. it's, that, that, that's literally for those who are less mus- who are unfamiliar with it. That th- these are literally the notes at the way they come in the. It, within the measure they are literally a called triplet notes and all so right <laughs> da, 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 da. and so it's just the way that it flows it just it, it's and the way that it all just blends together mix that with the message of that particular chunk of lyrics it's just it's it's for me it just this is just fun this song is just plain fun 
Nice. Um, it's definitely awesome. a song that I'll pull up if I just if I'm looking for some energy. If I need to get pumped up, get energized or something, uh, th- th- this this is definitely on that short list of songs that I'll sometimes pull up. Very solid. But from a worship perspective, not, not once again, not definitely not on that short list. If I'm looking for something that's much more worshipful in nature. So no, once again, I mean, we could all just sort of jam to this in yes. worship setting. Yes, it, it, it's <laughs> definitely it's definitely a jam song. So, but but is it necessarily something that we as corporately could lift up to God? I, I just I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that a little yeah. bit. Um. Cool. Well, musically, I mean, unless you're a part of the um, the newest modern hardcore like metal scene, church. Um, I'm not sure that, that you could ever really worship worship to this. I would love to hear the worship acoustic slowed down version of this song rise up. That'd be fun to see. <laughs> it would be featuring Flyleaf. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 the thing is, is that slowing this down, I feel like really messes with me, right. messes, messes with the lyrics a little bit. So I'm not sure that that would even work. I mean, <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is, this, is just, I mean, this is very much it, – it, it, the pace of the song matches the lyrics so well. I don't think that you could actually divide the two away from one another and it work. It's also a, it's also a like, it's also a sing in response. It's almost like a Psalter, but like really fast Mm -hmm. because the the male vocalist will sing and then the female vocalist will like, that is true. That is true. Yeah. yeah, So it's interesting. Like if you, like, I'm not kidding. Like if you slowed it down to like a, like a three, four, because it almost seems like you're right. Like they're doing triplets, like six, eight, but like really fast. So it, end, it ends up taking kind of a, like a do, 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 do. So it's, um, it's interesting. What I'm saying is like, uh, you're right. Musically, it's it would be, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a, uh, you know, a, a yeah. church that could worship to this, but they could listen to it and enjoy it. Yeah, oh no, it yeah, it, it is definitely a, a fun song. It's definitely one that'll get people energized. Uh, but yeah, it just it just isn't as upwardly focused as what I would hope to find in most worship sets. So, Very awesome. But they, yeah, but that 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 is that is my pick. Um, and that I like it. Rise up by skill, a song that I Very love, cool. but not one that I necessarily worship to, so to speak. What's fun is that each of us sort of played into our each one of our picks sort of played into our um, stereotypical pick, which is <laughs> a little <laughs> that, bit that, of our taste. <laughs> yes, that is true. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. Those, of you Bob know, me, though, that I enjoy, I love the rock. Zach picks. Well, we'll get into it. And then my, yeah, yeah we'll get, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Awesome. Um, very cool. Zach, do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? I can go next. Okay, sure. Okay, so my pick was um, a song by Five Iron Frenzy. Um, I do appreciate, yeah, I appreciate a lot of their writing. Um, and so, if I was gonna pick something where I was gonna talk about lyrics and musicality and all that together, um, it would be probably like between them or like maybe something by Jars of Clay. Um, in terms of mm-hmm. stuff that's just not mm-hmm. technically worship, um, although I think. You know, a lot of the songs that we're picking are worshipful in their own right. Like they express something about God. Um, they're not necessarily meant for congregational singing. And right. so I think most of Five Iron's music is like this. I don't think I've ever pulled out anything of theirs 
in a worship service, although I could be wrong about that. Mm. <laughs> um, but this one is called On Distant Shores. And I'll kind of give you the, a little bit of a story about me and this song. Um, I've always kind of equated it with like being involved in like missions and, and going to Haiti and stuff. But actually, if you read like all the lyrics all the way through, um, it's not really just about that. It's kind of about like our personal brokenness and how God kind of meets us there and then like calls us to join him in the mission of Jesus. Um, but I, I kind of took this chorus, mm-hmm. which says, if mercy falls upon the broken and the poor, dear father, I will see you there on distant shores. And so like I, you know, I listened to this song on the plane on the way down to Haiti. Um, and it was a song that was like pretty meaningful to me for kind of that period of my life. Well, um, several years later, uh, Five Iron was making a comeback album and they were doing like a Kickstarter. And so if you donated a certain amount, one of the giveaways that they were doing was uh, somebody would write lyrics for you. Like they'd take like your favorite Five Iron song and take a sheet of paper out and handwrite the lyrics and sign it and send it to you. Um, So I did that level of support and a few weeks later in the mail, I got um, from Jeff, the girl <laughs> who's the saxophone player in the band uh-huh. um, written out lyrics to this song. Um, awesome. I'll see you there on distant shores. And so like, this has been a pretty cool song for me. And then Colin, I don't know if you remember this, but when we went to see them, um, I brought that sheet with me. <laughs> see, and I was like, I Oh, thank you, you. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I think you might've been too nervous to show that to Jeff, the girl when you met her potentially, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I remember bringing it up and she was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and you were just like a little more than awesome, which I'm sure she just remembers getting like yeah, a, a hand cramp from writing tons of lyrics. for. People. Oh, you're the one yeah. that made my uh, ring finger feel a little weird. For a you're the one that made me write that really, really long song with three verses and a really long bridge. <laughs> I'm reading this. I'm reading the lyrics over again. Yeah. Um, and it, it honestly, Zach, it, it looks like the structure and the feeling of a psalm. Yeah. Um, because if you think of like of a lament psalm, yeah, most of them start with the things that they're like dealing with. So like Psalm 88 um, and then yeah. some of the other ones, they always start with like, Oh, I'm dealing with all of this stuff and I, and I'm feeling like I'm broken and I feel like I have no more strength and all of this. And he writes this in his first stuff. And then he, yeah. he kind of does – and besides the repeated chorus, like if that was just one line. But um, he says like he's toiled and all of that. But then at the bottom, he starts to talk about like the renewal of God and stuff. And it's very similar to the way that mm-hmm. like a psalm is written. Yeah. It's very interesting. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. So it was written by um, – I guess mostly by Reese Roper. Yeah. And I've always appreciated his lyrics a lot because he's just kind of like – I don't know. He usually kind of has this like sarcasm and stuff. He's like, uh, in contrast to a lot of other people who write ska music, Reese is very like intellectual. (laughs) And so Mm. he'll, you know, he'll throw in like references to like literature and stuff that you'll be like, huh, wait. And so you'll kind of like look it up. Uh Um, But, you know, this one kind of shows like his, the depth of kind of his understanding of like the gospel and how much we need God you know, and it's so it's like when he says, if mercy falls upon the broken and the poor, you know, he's he's talking about how Jesus says he's here, you know, for the brokenhearted. 
you know, he's, he's here for the people that have a broken spirit. Um, and then it's dear father, I will see you there on distant shore. So it's like, even though I'm broken, I'm joining God in this. Um, right. And the verses are really kind of like you were talking about Colin, the, the lament kind of theme. And so it talks about being scarred. It says, I've been scarred so deep by life in cold despair and brittle broken, brittle bones were broken far beyond repair. Um, I've leveled lies so deep. The truth may never find. And inside my faithless heart, I stole things. Never mind. So it's just kind of like the depth of like the guilt and like how much we're a mess. <laughs> and yet God yeah. kind of has this promise here. Like he's going to take us to these distant shores. He's going to use us to like reach the broken. W- would you say that that is your favorite line in the song? Um, I'm not really sure. My favorite line, if I were to pick one mm-hmm. might be somewhere in the really long bridge. Um, because there's just a bunch of really cool imagery. Like it says, um, hang on. Okay. So when it gets to the bridge, there's this long kind of repetitive, um, motion to it. And, uh, it kind of tells the story of like how the speaker in the song was so headstrong and so proud and like thought he was doing the right thing and was so strong, Uh but then realized that he wasn't. And, um, how God kind of humbled him. And so like, there's this one line that says night came and I broke my stride. I swallowed hard, but never cried when grace was easy to forget. I denounced the hypocrites casting first stones, killing my own. You would unscale my blind eyes. And I stood battered, but more wise fighting to accelerate, shaking free from quick crippling weight with resilience unsurpassed. I clawed my way to you at last and on my knees, I wept at your feet. I finally believed that you still loved me. And then at the very end, it goes into kind of like this almost like worship chorus thing. Um, And it's actually from another song of theirs called Every New Day. So they took an ending from a different song and they like tagged it on here, but it like flows right into it. Um. And so it just says, healing hands of God, have mercy on our unclean souls once again. Jesus Christ, light of the world, burning bright within our hearts forever. Uh, Freedom means love without condition, without beginning or an end. Here's my heart. Let it be forever yours. Only you can make every day seem so new. Um, And so I like it. It's just like all this brokenness and it kind of like builds and builds and builds. And then it ends with like this hope. Uh, that's centered on Jesus. Um, hmm. So I really, really like it. And that's uh, awesome. yeah. So I think the lyrics are really good because of the way that it kind of flows and it goes somewhere. Um, there's, there's like a dynamic to it because of that. It doesn't just stay in that one place. It kind of leads you to the hopeful part at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> sorry guys, my throat. Um, it sounds beautiful. The lyrics sound really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess I could talk a little bit musically. I don't know if you guys have kind of taken a chance to listen to this yet. Um, I almost kind of want to play like a little bit of it. I think this will be fair use if I just do like the chorus real quick. But okay. it's kind of got this thing. I don't know if Colin could explain it better, um, but it kind of like ends off each line on. Uh, so like if it's in the key of G, it'll go to uh, the B7. So you'd hear it, it kind of goes like, 
If mercy falls upon the broken and the poor. Yeah. Dear Father, I will see you there on distant shores. Yeah, it's on the three major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so just kind of it does that cool thing, and it every other line kind of hangs like that, and it just gives it like a really dissonant sound. Right. And so it's almost like a ballad in that way. Jessica came to the rescue and brought me water. Oh, good. Thanks, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> I guess another thing that's really cool that it talks about is um, where it says you would unscale my blind eyes. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of like makes you think of um, there's the blind man that it talks about in scripture. And I know, wait, or is that Paul that that's from? Scales fell from his eyes. I might be misquoting this. Oh, yeah. No. OK, so th- that's about Paul. My bad. So it said when uh, when Saul was blinded by um, by seeing Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. Right. Yeah. Um, he went to um, the Christians basically to to be healed. And he was he was still walking around blinded. Um, but in Acts nine, uh, Ananias at Ananias's house, they healed him. And it said um, at that instant, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And his sight was restored and he got up and was baptized. And so that's like a really cool way to kind of talk about how you were blinded at one time um, and God caused you to finally be able to see um, scales falling off of your eyes. Oh, like yeah. You would unscale my blind eyes and I stood battered, but more wise. So it's like it kind of like when you meet God, like it almost kind of feels like you get beat up. <laughs> in a way, right. but it's but it's in a good way. And so um, God has kind of like redirected your path. Um, and sometimes it's a slightly painful process, but it's worth it. Oh, yeah. And so I just I, I just really love how this song kind of mixes that pain and um, brokenness with the hope uh, that Jesus gives us. And it kind of says, I'll see you there on distant shores. Um, so it's a good mission statement, too. I think um, I got as close to actual worship as I could. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did. I guess the only reason why it's not so much a worship song has more to do with like the lyrics being so specific about the brokenness. Um, See, that's that's the other thing, too, is the worship esque, (laughs) the the perspective and point of view of the person Mm -hmm. like embodying the singer or whatever you want to say. Yeah. that's how that's how my song is too. It's like these some of the lyrics could be worshipful, but the perspective is a little different. So yeah, that was pretty much my thoughts on on distant shores. Um, how about your song, Colin? Um, okay, so um, let's let's talk about it. So I have a little bit more to say about the band too, just because I'm being I'm introducing something I'm not. Mm. First of all, it's a band I've not really talked about. It's a band that's pretty new to me. Um, So for our project of picking a non-worship Christian song that we like, it's funny because there's only a few bands out there that I can really say I like that are like popular, like non-worship, like Christian music. And 
unfortunately the pickings are really slim when it comes to like styles of music that i i like a lot that are like also christian um and that's not to say that they don't exist it's just that like i think that the communities that um like that style of music don't like christianity and christianity typically doesn't like the style of music because of the communities like for example so like um, satanic metal like death metal (laughs) which is a style of metal (laughs) but um I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast that I'm a big fan of like progressive rock and progressive metal, like dream theater and uh, yes. And pink Floyd and stuff. These are all like secular bands just for their musical style that I care a lot for. And so um, I did a search for progressive rock Christian bands. Now me and Zach know like three or four um, like Marillion and transatlantic. Aren't they considered Christian? Not Marillion. Oh, okay. I thought that um, Transatlantic, you could maybe say, is Christian because of Neil Morse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Neil Morse, this band that I'm about to talk about, um, mm-hmm. they worked with Neil Morse yeah. on their second album. Oh, cool. And, That's awesome. And did a lot of fun stuff. So, okay. The band's name is Ajalon, spelled A-J-A-L-O-N, and the song is called Forever I Am. And it's really beautiful, I think. And uh, it's it is a very fun <laughs> song. <laughs> it's over ten minutes long, which is standard for my um, taste, I think. <laughs> <laughs> some of my favorite songs are really, really long. Like Dream Theater does, like you know, some of their songs are close to twenty minutes long, just like one song. But um, so this band formed in nineteen ninety four. And when they formed, they were just like three guys in a garage. But in 1996, they made like a little EP and sent it to Rick Wakeman of Yes. He's the piano player, but he's also like their producer. And um, as a result of getting in touch with him and kind of like working all of that out, um, they actually got signed on to the label um, that yes is on called hope La- hope records label so they're they're uh what do you want to say that's their main label they've been on for years and so <clears throat> they've only done three albums one in 1996 one in 2005 and one in 2009 and this song is called forever I am and it's from their 2005 album entitled, on the threshold of eternity. Wow. So this particular song, and it's pretty long because it's 10 minutes, so I won't have I probably don't want to read all the lyrics, but um it's very overtly passionately thematically Christian. So what's odd about that is a lot of bands of the progressive or like power metal or any of these other metal type bands. Mm-hmm. They often try and spread themselves with a broad net and like make more like epic sounding themes, like in terms of like making it sound more fit fantasy or magical or whatever. And I've heard a lot of bands that do that, like Striper will kind of like, uh, you know, they will like sort of make uh, Christianity into sort of this like 
like tough guy. I don't want to say B A D A S S, <laughs> but they'll like use a phrase like to hell with the devil and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that awesome song, by the way, to hell it with is, the devil. it's a great song. And I'm not, and I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not necessarily bashing that road. Oh, oh, you can oh, take absolutely. As a Christian absolutely. Band, but I am saying that there are some, seldom- that's kind of the metal from the eighties outlook on things. Like, there was kind of like two ways you could go with metal. Cool. Right. You could sound like awesome and powerful, like almost like kind of the Metallica sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you could do kind of like like you were mentioning before, like the the fantasy, like nerdy kind of metal. <laughs> On wings of angels, they lifted me high into the golden yeah. chariots of fire. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so it's like it's and 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 so, again, I don't want to rant. But I have to make like a precursor to why I think this song is important. Um, and so uh, what I'm talking about is two different communities that never mix. So you have the kind of progressive yeah. rock and metal community uh, of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s who would have heard the music style of this band and thought to themselves, oh, we like Prague. But we hate that they are so overtly Christian. Now, what's interesting about that is I have seen these like reviews of albums and things like that about this band. And most of them are like, you know, the who's who of, you know, reviewers or whoever they think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Pitchfork. <laughs> I don't know. But like just people that are re- are like reviewers who will say things like this, for example. Um, so in reviewing their last album from 2009, um, this, so, this is from a random review and I won't tell you the name. Although this most recent effort of theirs, thankfully, is mostly free of preaching lyrics, they do not have they do have some stories to tell. So these a lot of these people from these communities are like, thank goodness their last album isn't pushing Christianity as hard. Yeah. And so their their third album, now I've I've looked at some of the lyrics. I still think it they're talking about God. They're just not saying the yeah. word God and Jesus and things like that anymore, which is to me a little sad. But yeah. their first and their second album are very passionately and openly Christian. Now, mm. um, that's why this particular song is is so important. I think for me is because <coughs> it doesn't shy away from like speaking truthfully yeah. about their beliefs and also using the the kind of musical style that I just like absolutely adore. And so I think they were a band probably destined to fail in some ways because they, they walked into two communities that they couldn't satisfy. Like mm-hmm. a Christian community that said your secular style is not what we're about. And a secular community that said your Christian style is not what we're about. Yeah. And so, Saying all of that, this particular song is really, really uh, insightful, and I believe that they're the perspective. The perspective of who is singing the song and the song, I think, is still kind of up for debate. I did some research, but more or less, 
<laughs> it sounds like either a very famous prophet. It sounds like maybe Jesus himself, or it sounds like it's speaking through the 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 perspective of any believer who like yeah. fully embraces God and Christ. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. kind of like scriptural references somewhat, but they're kind of like uh, mixed together in a way that it's not really talking about a specific like Bible story or character. Right. So, but yeah. I can't, but so forever, forever I am doesn't mean forever. I, the person it's, he's mm-hmm. saying I am as in the name of God. I am. Yeah. And so he's saying, I, I am as in God is forever. And he, and it's so um, like this line, it says, uh, but for those who do, believe so he's saying some choose to believe and some don't but for those who do they are like children once lost now found like the joy of finding that the one you love the most has brought you from your long journey to a long-awaited refuge to a place everlasting on a sojourn to many mansions with the great i am who is forever 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 mm-hmm. and so um so the beginning of this song is very specifically talking about a person who is speaking on, who is trying to describe the splendor of like knowing God and eventually going to, to be with God in heaven. Um, and like, I think, I think there is imagery to suggest in the song that, that it's talking about the end times when we finally get to be with God. Um, hmm. And so, um, this, the beginning of the song starts with describing the like basically like the um the wholeness of God like the greatness of him and the beauty and 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 just like the the ferocity of 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 the experience of being with God and so um then it describes like the basic status of like what it would mean to be with God in heaven. Yeah. Um, by saying here is a place where fears cannot dwell and wonders never end. And on the throne, the father, son and spirit in his holy, in, in his glory preside. And what I think is interesting is that it, it's Trinitarian. The song is, so it's like checking all of yeah. the awesome lyrical boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and he says on and on the throne, Father, Son, and Spirit in his glory preside. So he is yeah. speaking both Trinitarianly and saying that there are one, which is fun. Because yeah. and so um That'll go right along with the uh Athanasius episode. Yes. <laughs> um he smiles and speaks with perfect love. Welcome home, my faithful children. Now the saints who've uh, gone before stand with you, and all is made known. So I think, I think we're talking about some end time stuff where God's people get to be with God. And I think that's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. So yeah. lyrically, yeah, buddy. and it also follows um, a, a lyrical thing that Zach likes, which is why I think Zach would like this. None of the lyrics really rhyme. So it almost seems yeah, as though. I do like that. And, and, and it's saying in such a, um, almost like a magical format where it's like kind of just the phrases are just kind of like saying in a, in a, in a um, interesting way and there's no real meter or rhyme to it. Now, even though that's true, 
it's so well put together like it's supposed to be that meter so it's fine i've uh, me being a stickler for like trying to keep things in meter i thought it was I, I i couldn't find any any issues so um and at the end the last line which i think is great says so it's saying forever i am like god is forever mm-hmm. um it says you know so it's it's he's kind of again i think he's kind of speaking in terms of describing like the He's he's describing the splendor and like just like the grandiose, like awesome, like experience of like finally being with God, um, and it says like welcome children my good and faithful servants welcome children come into my home, forever I am forever I am and then at the end he says who am I, but your true and faithful servant Lord you are mm-hmm. my father today I have become your son, and so I think it's either a duality of meeting with God or a duality of like accepting Christ, uh, and like uh, being sanctified, but mm-hmm. either way, it's a great song. It's a, it's a beautiful song. So, um, um, lyrically to me and theologically, it's just right there. Like it's right in the sweet spot. Like I love it, nice. but, but musically, um, this has so much going on for it, progressive rock wise. Like it's, like there's even certain chords the acoustic guitar plays that I like love to play. Like yeah. Zach, I don't know if you I, heard in the beginning that one chord. I was listening to that intro and I'm like, this is like something Colin would play yeah. on the acoustic. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know that chord. That's a good chord. Yeah. So um what 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 kind of song like how could a song like this work in worship? Well, it really can't because it's for one, it's ten minutes long. For two, the the lyrics aren't unified and simplified enough to be like sung worshipfully. I don't think they're more of a beautiful, like uh, kind of descriptory like way of describing like the, um, the awesomeness of, you know, experiencing God in his splendor and kind of like getting to meet with him and, uh, now that that is a subject for which you could sing a worship song, I think, but just the way that it's it, it's presented, I think, is hard to worship. Um, mm-hmm. um, and also because of the nature of progressive rock music in general, it's often it's you're using difficult time signatures. You're using a lot of, you know, uh, it's hard to follow range. if you're going to like sing and like range. fully participate. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so. Yeah. This would make a great song to do. I would think this would make a great song to do almost as like a this whole song being 10 minutes long. So maybe it, it, it's even like performed in a way that has some kind of interpretive mm-hmm. like, you know, front show or something. Like I could definitely hear this song being sang in like a musical at the Sight and Sound Theater in Branson, Missouri or something. So like it, it to me, it speaks to that kind of thing, like kind of like the the sweeping musical journey uh, of, of kind of experiencing that uh, as opposed to worshiping. But again, as we've discussed, it's kind of that, that in itself can be a worship experience in, in that you are like kind of reflecting on the music and and like meeting with God in a different way. So I guess it really depends, but yeah, this song touched me a lot when I heard it and it's been, it's been on my mind uh, to, to talk to you guys about it. And so, um. Yeah, 
Uh, beyond that, uh, let me see. I covered everything: the theology, the language, the musicality. Um, it's just an amazing song. Um, the the one little caveat I have on the end, which I think is kind of sad, is that their first two albums, the '96 one and the 2005 one, used the same sort of like fervent faith that they had in their lyrics. But the newest album kind of takes a step back. Hmm. And with in an interview that I saw, I thought that he had said something really interesting and I don't want to get political. I'm just going to read what he wrote word for word. Uh, So he asked, like, your lyrics are pretty openly Christians. This is the interviewer and thereby pretty offensive to us Europeans who regard Christianity as purely a private matter. And so here's his response. This is the um, uh, one of the main members, Randy George. He said, one thing you have to respect is that other religions don't have a problem with who they are in their beliefs. You don't see a Muslim nation slowly getting rid of their Muslim identities. Mm. I think it's too bad that some in the U.S. have abandoned their spiritual heritage. We, however, stick to what we believe, but we also feel the time has come to dispel the stereotypes that most people reject in the Christian faith. Few truly ever see or understand what Christianity is all about, but everyone sees the stereotypes which completely misrepresent what it is. Sadly, the Christian church is one of the organizations that has done the most damage to itself. I know that you have a somewhat different culture in Europe, but people are basically in need of the same thing wherever you go. Everyone wants to feel loved and everyone wants to feel important to someone. We try and focus on what is common to all men. If a few get offended in the process, that's their own personal issue. (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um i guess what i like about this song and this album is that they don't like they don't shy away from the fact that they're like a really strong faith um maybe i'll maybe i'll uh uh, maybe i'll uh, cut some of that out in the editing process but um basically long story short they they weren't afraid to profess their faith yeah and i think that's uh that's really good because what we see now, and I guess this could kind of like wrap up the thought on like what um, Christian music even is, because it's hard to define it. Um, we define things in terms of whether it's worship music or not, but there's this whole other category of like Christian music that actually never really existed until fairly recently. Like mm-hmm. you'd have like, um, you know, Elvis would make like a gospel record. You know, yeah, but but there weren't like artists that were like I'm a Christian artist until like I don't know what the like 80s, the seventies, seventies, eighties. It really picked up in the nineties. The nineties was like the golden age of Christian rock, I guess. I don't know. In I don't some know ways, I, it was. No, I don't. I don't, I would disagree with that in a lot of regards. <laughs> but by the same token, I do see what you're saying is that is that you really see start seeing those those. It was the gold rush, Bob. Those, those, those yeah. definitions really becoming more pronounced. Yeah, and it's so you run the risk of like having these silos mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, Absolutely. you got the Christian market is over here and they just listen to K Love and buy their music from uh, Lifeway and stuff. Um, I think it's refreshing when you have somebody who's kind of making music and they're just saying, like, let's make some good records, but we'll be overt about our faith too. Um, and not everybody does that with a high degree of success. I mean, we all remember like Creed, <laughs> but Creed sold a lot of records. <laughs> I don't know if their message was like super like picked up by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but my point is like, I think it's cool when people can traverse both of those worlds. I think oh, yeah. it's important because that's the mission there is to go find 
the people who aren't believers and mm-hmm. preach to them. So, so um, I'll just I'll finish with my favorite line from the song. Yes. Now, okay. Now it's interesting because theologically, I think I understand the point they're making. Though I would slightly tweak the 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 verse. I think it's very beautiful language. So I'm just going to read it. Um, so it's not the very final final line, but it's the I think the sort of part of the bridge right before the final part of the song. And it says, Mm -hmm. after he says, forever I am, he says, with no unanswered questions, you embrace him with your love. So it's, I guess it's describing what we humans will, will be feeling. Um, And I think he's describing us being transformed into heavenly bodies. So Mm. he says, you embrace him with your love. Now free to move unhindered through a universe unending, new in mind and new in glory, change from flesh to spirit. We join the choir of the bride and swell the ranks of soldiers in his name. So um, I know the flesh to spirit isn't exactly correct because I know yeah. we will still have flesh. It'll just be we'll like – We'll have a body. Yeah. We'll still have a body, but I think I understand the point he's making. He's saying that we will be renewed yeah. in almost every single way and we will join with the choirs and, and, and ranks sure. in his name. And I think that's that's beautiful – because throughout the song, he is kind of touched on the different like aspects of what it means to like join with, with God and stuff. And so he, so again, I, I think a lot of this is very scripturally uh, grounded. Um, I think a lot of this is taken from both revelation and some of it from uh, John the Baptist and some of it from Jesus in, in the gospels. But um, I think that's, a, a pretty like beautifully worded way of yeah. explaining how we will be kind of renewed um, during the second coming. Gotcha. Um, I think, I think that's pretty interesting. So, um, so, and then it goes on to say, thank you, father. I praise your holy presence. Thank you, father, for what you have done in me. Yeah. So I think that's really, really beautiful. So that's my favorite line. <coughs> well, <coughs> excuse me guys. Um, and yeah, that's it. Well, awesome. l- 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 let me go ahead and close this out here with this final question. And I guess I'm going to do, okay. do it in a slightly two-part kind of way. Um, so um, you've got uh, – okay, let's say part one. You, you've, you, you're you part of a band preparing for worship set um, on for upcoming Sunday service. Um, and someone wants to pull in a song that is um, definitely Christian but overtly not worshipful, kind of like what we, we'll be talking about. Um, from a pre-worship perspective during the planning session, how, how do you approach that? What, what, what do you say? How, how do you address that situation? You want to take this, Zach? You want me to start? <laughs> um, I can start um, and you can give your thoughts. But I think um, there's a couple different ways to approach that. Um, and I've not necessarily been good at, at saying no in the past. Um, but I, I think um, you don't always have to just flat out reject it um there are times when you can use a song like as a set piece mm-hmm. um but even then like a lot of times i'm very careful with that because i don't necessarily think that it that is a thing that like needs to become expected of your worship service like you're that's that's your go-to <laughs> you know what i yeah, mean so, so you would say like yeah. a more of a traditional sunday service uh might call it more a special music session time 
That's true. Yeah, some have used the word "special music," <laughs> so so <laughs> but, so it might fit more yeah. in that type of situation. Yeah, and so for a lot of worship situations, like the the chances to use that sort of thing is is kind of minimal anyway. Um, but yeah, it just depends on what it is. There are songs I think that kind of like I guess I would say like they're in the neighborhood of worship. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So like you brought up one that was like Difference Maker. I think that's definitely not really a worship song that should be in a regular set but i could see it being used as like a set piece as like you know let's uh sing this to remind ourselves like of the you know purpose that god is like put us here for um but there are others that <laughs> like i would not do jesus freak in a um in a worship service and just be very distracting mm. um Gotcha. But yeah, I think I, my approach would be to kind of like redirect it and say, let's think about this. And then you can use that as a teaching opportunity when you're talking to somebody else who's kind of made the request. So like, especially if they're like part of your worship team, you can kind of use that to illustrate like, what is the difference? What makes a worship song, a worship song, hmm. right? Kind of gotcha. Use things that way. Hopefully they'll listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the questions asked with the assumption that you have some level of, of authority or, a rapport with the individual. Mm-hmm. So Colin, any, anything else you want to add to this part one of this? Question? Um, no, I mean, yeah, Zach pretty much touched on everything. I, I don't know. Just, I would just, I would just say like, if somebody brings up to like, Oh, we need to do this as our first worship song. I would say, if we really, if you guys really want to do that song, let's just make it a special music time. Let's, let's, yeah. let's do a song where we can reflect on it. Maybe during the offering, maybe during like a prayer time, like a special thing, like mm-hmm. whatever the song is sort of like invoking, because it can still be, sort of like a listening reflecting time uh but like yeah no if a, if a song is okay if a song i'm not gonna bash i'll try not to if a song <laughs> is is a, is a song that talks about yourself and what yourself yeah, is doing yeah or if it's a song that talks about the point of view of one of the three wise men on their way to see jesus or if it's a song about um, very vague themes that don't really have to like, it could be about anything and not just God. If it's just like, I look up and I feel that love shining down from the sun above. And it's spelled like S U N. And then <laughs> I'd be like, let's just make it a special music thing. If it's appropriate. Like, so that's, that's my thing is like, um, Okay. It's kind of drawing a line in the sand, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. So part two, same question, but this is post-service. So let's say you're, you've got rapport with the band, but you weren't necessarily part of this particular worship set. You're, you're more in the congregation. You just observed yeah, yeah, it yeah, happening. You, you observed it happening. Um, and so, so this is more like a post situation. Uh, I mean, do, do you address the band afterwards about this? I mean, how, how, how would that go? What, what would that kind of look like? Um, See, now we're getting into something that uh, we, we should have an episode about. Once again, this this assumes that you've got rapport with them. There's a certain yeah. level of authority. You're not just a random person just complaining about right. worship set. But hold on. But this is maybe this is a good springboard maybe into a new episode we could do at some point. Okay. But about a congregation's role and, and responsibility when they like see something that may be like off, but at mm, the same time, yeah. huh. okay. I think that at the same time, um, we as members of a community 
need to like show both grace and truth. And so mm-hmm. it's like, um, Aaron on our podcast many episodes ago said that, um, maybe the best outlook to have is to not say like, what are you doing wrong? But like, how can I help you do better? Like, how yeah. can I like get involved and help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, maybe, maybe like <clears throat> if you have rapport with the worship team, the best way, if you feel like they would be receptive, would be to sit down with the worship team. <laughs> but, yeah. but at the same time, if you're not a person of authority, if you're not a staff member, it really is, you know, they can just take mm-hmm. it and do whatever. But like, if it was, let's say, a four-person worship team and they played like a, a Nickelback song as a springboard, and they like people were singing along to the Nickelback song. I'd go, I'd be like, Hey, let's get lunch. And then I'd be like, Hey, listen, I I don't think that this is something. Yeah. You can kind of add, there's questions you can ask about that. You know, like how do you think this uplifted God, you know, kind of see where they're at with it. (laughs) They may not have even really thought about it. (laughs) There's a lot of people though, that would come to church, hear it, or they've been a church member for a while and they'll hear like something they don't like. And then they send a nasty email to the pastor Mm -hmm. directly. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it gets it gets kind of filtered through in a in a bad way, and so yeah, this is a big can of worms uh, question. But <laughs> when do you just send a, an attack email? Right, exactly. <laughs> but I but I honestly do think I think that it's important to at least address stuff. But mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there's really like only three things you can do if you're a congregation member and you see something like that's going on that's like not good. You can either A, address it to a staff member, B, like pray about it and like see if it happens on its own, like change happens on its own, or C, you can like leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all of those have their different flavors, I suppose. I hear you. That's my answer. What do you got, Zach? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It really just depends on your uh, – your status with the band. If you just kind of come in from completely the outside, there's, they probably won't listen to you. <laughs> well, yeah. And, right. and, and, and that, that goes back many episodes ago to when I talked about, you know, judging Matthew chapter seven and having rapport with the person yeah. involved. Yeah. Ch- change is going to happen. If there's no, if there's no rapport, if there's no sense of respect, some sense of authority, you know, uh, the, the, uh, some, some level of trust among the two individuals having discussion, you just come off as just a random person complaining, you know, uh, uh, without mm-hmm. without having some some level of relationship with them ahead of time. So, very nice. cool. Mm-hmm. So, thank you guys for indulging me with that question. I'm just cu- curious on. on uh, I, I felt like that was kind of an appropriate way of, you know, kind of closing things out and kind of discussing. Uh, oh yeah, the topic I liked matter. it. Awesome. So uh, good up, guys. Um, yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, uh, hopefully maybe one of these three songs uh, speaks to you in a, yeah. in, a, in a cool way. And ho- hopefully you've learned something about, about worship uh, music and, and kind of the mentality surrounding it or, or maybe the mentality that, that from our perspective should surround it. So yeah. um, maybe you finally figured out what you're doing wrong. And, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, so and, and all, and, no. but in all seriousness, maybe you disagree with us and uh, tell us about that. Post on Facebook. Let us know what you think about this. So do you agree with it? Yeah. Do you disagree with it? Yeah. I would be interested mm-hmm. to hear what people think. Um, yeah. And I'm, I, I'm only mildly teasing about, you know, like 
need to breathe and stuff like that. It's just uh, that's just like my <laughs> common joke. But I, 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 everything that brings people to Christ is is fruitful and good. So that, that's my real mentality on it. So, but um, thanks for listening and uh, check us out on Patreon and all the places you get your podcasts. And we will see you next time. Peace. All right. Yep.